0: See so you know how we do bada bing bada boom for rotten mango and we've got all these he wants you to do this. He thought <laughs> <No>! about this <laughs> Don't be acting like you did He thought about this all night and he said do this. Ba, 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 ba. BAM I cannot do that. So here we go. ba ba ba, ba. bam. <laughs> what? Welcome to this week's episode of Bacon a Murder, Bacon a Mystery, whatever your heart desires. And today, we're going to be talking about a Korean movie. This is actually suggested by one of you guys, and it's the Korean movie called Recalled, which is, which is, you know what, it came out June 1st, and I thought to myself, maybe I should just wait until the plot comes out because I get anxiety. I like to read the ending so I know, so I know who not to get attached to but it hadn't come out, so I was like, it's too late. Now I'm intrigued, I read the synopsis, I clicked play, I watched it, and the amount of plot twists, I mean like the first 20 minutes, I was like, ooh, this reminds me of a movie that I've already seen, and then like the next twist, I was like, that's a little weird, and then there was another twist, and I was like, what? And then there was another twist, and I was like, what? And there was still 30 minutes left, and I was like, how many twists are gonna be in this movie? So we're gonna figure that out while we make some raindrop cake. I'm excited about this. Every time that we have tried to make raindrop cake, it has never molded, or it just felt like silicone boob implants. This is gonna be- I can feel it. This is gonna be a success, but if it's not, I don't have too much to worry about because I already got my dinner all planned out. You're thinking, how'd you get your dinner planned out? That takes so long, Stephanie. Every time you plan out dinner, you gotta sit down, find a recipe online, print it, go to the grocery store. Did you know the average grocery store trip takes about 41 minutes and then you load all of your groceries into the car, you get back home and then you gotta be like, babe, help me with the groceries. And then he helps you in and then you gotta clean and cook. and. That takes so long. How do you have dinner in your mind already? Well, that's because they use HelloFresh. (laughs) If you guys don't know, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, which is crazy, but I can totally see the hype around it. They have so many recipes that are constantly, they're updating, they've got new recipes every single week. They've got low calorie, carb smart, vegetarian, pescatarian options every single week to choose from. And here's the coolest part, you pick the recipes that you want and they will ship all of these wonderfully fresh Ingredients straight to your door. This is my favorite part. It's the fact that it's already pre-portioned So I don't have to worry about like weighing stuff like I'm about to do in today's video Well, what do I do with the rest of the carrots? Everything's already there It comes with this beautifully illustrated recipe card, so it's so easy to cook I can literally start cooking a home-cooked dinner and have dinner on the table in less than 30 minutes But you're like wow, I need more time. You know, I need less time. I'm in a time crunch They actually have quick and easy options that start at 20 minutes. They also have oven ready recipes that take 10 to 20 minutes this is my fiance's favorite type of recipe because he just sticks it in the oven and he was like am I Gordon Ramsay and at first I was a little bit hesitant because I was like they're shipping fresh food in a box like I don't know but the produce actually gets to me faster than if it were to go to a grocery store so it's like peak freshness peak nutrition peak flavor what makes it even cooler is I know you guys care about this HelloFresh's carbon footprint is 25% lower than if you were to go to the grocery store and make the same recipes They also even have additional proteins, savory sides, like you want some garlic bread, they got you. They also have delicious dessert options to choose from. They also have big boxes, if you've got a big old family that you gotta feed. And make sure you go to HelloFresh.com and use code 12BAM, that's one, two, B-A-M, to get 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com, use code 12BAM to get 12 free meals, including free shipping. So this movie opens up with the scene of a woman laying in a hospital bed. She's completely bandaged up. It looks like she had some sort of head injury because of all the bandages around her head. And all the doctors are staring at her and they're like, "Oh my god. She's waking up. She's moving. What do we do? Do you remember where you are? Do you know your name?" And she's looking around overwhelmed. I mean, maybe she's been in a coma for a while. This is too too much, right? And a man walks in, and let's call him John. His name is Hoon in it. And he walks in and this is her husband. They're all like, "Do you "Do you?" Do you remember this man? This man's your husband. And it looks like she has no recollection of anyone. She's looking at him like, who is this stranger that happens to be incredibly attractive because yes, it's a Korean movie. So she's like, oh my god, I don't know him, but I'm into it. They start kind of recovering in the hospital together. She learns that her name is Soojin, which is my Korean name. (laughs) So so this whole movie, I was just like, wait a minute, the exact same but it's a pretty common Korean name. So is it weird? Yeah, it's a little weird. Oh, 1.2 exactly. We're going to bring two cups of water to a boil and then add in the agar agar powder and then put it into the molds, rather simple. So why is it that I always fail at this? I have no idea. I don't have answers for you. So Susan, Susie, she wakes up in this hospital, meets her husband, you know, she's ecstatic. She's like, wow, this is a nice husband. And they start kind of recovering. He keeps her in a wheelchair. He takes her around walks around the hospital grounds and she's reading through these journals that she used to write in. Honestly, the beginning of this movie gave me very heavy, Nicole Kidman, Before I Go to Sleep vibes. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Where her memory resets every morning and Uh the husband is the only one who can tell her what type of person that she is, which is really a lot of pressure to put on one person. But he seems loving. I mean, the whole time they're walking around and he's just so patient. He's just so kind. And she asks, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed. I can't believe I'm not the daughter of some multi-billionaire, but I'm an orphan. (laughs) Like you would think that I would wake up and it's like, oh, Bill Gates is your dad. Maybe you don't want that these days, but you know, that would have been cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're an orphan. Yeah, but I mean, it's not bad. So she's wondering, was I completely alone all this time? Like, is that just what my life is? No, no. Um, we met pretty early on. And it just kind of leaves it out like that. Just kind of a little bit vague. So eventually she gets discharged from the hospital. And John, the husband, I mean, he's ecstatic. Like he genuinely at this point seems like the perfect husband. He's buying all of her favorite snacks, putting it in, in the pantry. He's got a cake ready for her. He's hanging up new paintings in the room. Just making it perfect. So he picks her up and on their drive home, I mean, she's nervous. She's like, what do I do? Like I don't remember anything. I don't even remember my life. What if I run into someone that I don't know? So he's like, "It's okay okay, calm down, we've already practiced this. So what did I say if you run into another girl? Oh my God, it's been so long. I I barely recognized you because you got so pretty. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, good, perfect. Now what do you say if you run into a guy? Excuse me, I don't know you. (laughs) Shut up, really? (laughs) And it's just like a joke between the couple. So it seems like they're in this really cute relationship where he's like, tell the girl that she's pretty and that's why you didn't recognize her. Tell every other guy that you have no idea who they are and you only have eyes for your husband. So she's giggling. In their nice car, they approach this really tall apartment building which is most apartments in seoul and he goes up first i don't know if they were moving things but um, he just ends up in the apartment first setting up the cake he's lighting up the candles he's so freaking excited and now it's susie's turn to go up so she gets into the elevator and she presses the level that she lives on but as the elevator is going up everything stops and shuts down so the lights go off in the elevator the elevator abruptly stops mid-floor and the lights in all the apartment units go out so of course she starts panicking i mean she's freaking out she's banging on the walls like please help me please please help me the husband inside the apartment he's freaking out because he knows that this is probably going to be incredibly traumatic so he's running to the elevator hoping that she's not in there and eventually the elevator doors open and susie is knocked out on the elevator floor like she passed out so he carries her, scoops her up, she's super skinny, like it's an easy scoop, and plops her down on the living room couch, and he tells her, you know, you're terrified of being in the dark. So maybe that's why. Maybe the hospital visit made it more intense, but are you okay? Should we take you to the hospital? And she's like, no, 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 I'm good. And he's like, okay, well take your pills. And he grabs her a giant packet of pills, and she has to take each one of them. So without even asking what the pills are, which one each one does, she just takes them because she trusts him. So after she's woken up from all of this, and now she's taking her pills, she's just looking around her apartment because this is the first time that she's in there. She's like, what the fork is that cake over there that's all melted? He's like, well, it's also your birthday. <laughs> May 10th is your birthday. So, happy birthday. And right on top of the couch there's this beautiful painting of what looks like a lake. Like it's a lake, but the sunset is really red. It's almost like an all red painting. And he says, "Oh, I drew that for you." So she's like, "You drew that? What what is it about?" And he said, "Well, that's the lake in Canada. Before your accident, we were actually supposed to immigrate to Canada together. Uh you wanted to live in Canada and we were going through the immigration process and then You had your accident, but I think we should still go, don't you think so?" And she's like, yeah, I think we should still go to Canada. That would be beautiful. And she's looking at this lake painting. And she's like, what do we like about Canada? And he starts describing, you know, what they saw online, why they wanted to move. And she's like picturing all of this in her head and she falls asleep. So you're thinking, wow, what an amazing couple. Hashtag relationship goals, right? So during the day, John likes to spend his time, you know, going to job interviews, but also mainly taking care of the immigration process to Canada. He's trying to get permanent resident visas for both of them. Like that's his main priority. And meanwhile, Susie's just in the apartment trying to live her life. Like she doesn't remember anything, but every morning that she wakes up, he's got breakfast all freshly served for her. He's left a note you know, her pills are on the table. It just seems too perfect. She walks by the hallway and she sees their beautiful wedding picture and like both of them are two of the most beautiful humans, especially the main actress. I know she was in some scandal recently, but like you cannot deny that she is like one of the prettiest people alive. They have their wedding picture and she's like, wow, we're like such a happy couple. And she decides to take a walk in her apartment building. And as she gets into the elevator to go to the ground floor to walk the garden, a little girl comes onto the elevator, like tiny. I want to say like five years old. She's got her little backpack on. By herself? Yeah. The little girl's got her backpack on So Susie's like, oh, little girl And they close the elevator door And as they're descending to the bottom Susie realizes that the little girl's backpack is unzipped So she just reaches over to zip it And that is when she has almost like a vision Now, none of this is sci-fi This whole movie is not sci-fi She's not clandescent I was gonna say she's not a Clementine, she's not clandestine, is that what you call it? She can't tell the future, none of this is, like, don't think of it like that. So she zips it, but she has this flashback of this little girl walking to school, and one of her friends waves at her. And she stops to wave, but she drops something out of her hand, a bicyclist passes her, so then she topples again, and then a semi-truck is about to hit her. So she sees all of that when she's just zipping up this girl's backpack, and it's this girl in the vision. So she's like, what? So she freaks out, this is like the first time she's experienced something like this. She freaks out and she decides to be the ultimate stalker. She wants to follow this girl to school just to ensure her safety. So she starts creeping up on her after they get out of the elevator, just kind of hiding in the bushes, making sure that she gets to our school and she sees, sure enough, that friend waving from across the street. So we're adding the agar agar and then it says to stir it and boil it until the whole thing turns very clear. I think it's clear now. (laughs) How much clearer can water get? Keep stirring. Keeps you (laughs) (laughs) stirring. So she sees that same friend waving at the little girl and she's like, oh my god, this is exactly what happens in my vision. I saw that same boy across the street and then a biker almost hits the girl and she's like, The car is about to come and sure enough, that semi truck is headed straight down the road straight towards this little girl who is now bent over to pick up her item that she dropped. And right as the car is about to make impact, Susie jumps on top of the girl to push her out of the way. And then someone jumps on top of Susie to push her out of the way. Her husband had made it just in time to push her out of the way and the car had stopped. So nobody got hurt. So they go back into the apartment. Now, obviously, John is super pissed at Susie. Like, what are you doing outside? What if you had gotten lost? Why are you stalking little children? I mean, that's kind of a red flag in relationships. What's happening, Susie? And she says, no, listen, I just happened to be at the right time, at the right place. I, I saw this girl. She was about to get hit by this car. I, I Listen, I it's not my fault. Please, I don't want to go back to the hospital. So he's tending to her wounds, and she realizes that he's all scraped up too. So they have this loving moment where he just kind of gives it a rest. He doesn't push it more, and she's, you know, tending to his wound as well. This is when the creepiness amps up, because after they do that, he hands her her pills, and she knocks out, and he just stands there, creepily staring, at his wife sleeping. It's strange because sometimes in movies you put some romantic music over that and he's holding a cup of coffee and suddenly you're like, this is true love. If I don't have that in a relationship, I don't want it. But then like if they put ominous music in the background, you're suddenly like, that's a serial killer. He's gonna kill me and I need to get out of this relationship no matter how nice he is. That's the vibe we're getting on this one. So the next day, Susie starts all over. She's like thinking, okay, what can I do today? I kind of want to get some fresh air. So she goes downstairs again and sits in the garden of this apartment and she starts doodling and she sees that little girl. And she's like, oh, gomma, gomma, which means, like, little kid, little kid. I know it sounds creepy in English, but it's not as creepy in Korean. She's like, ah, oh, right. and she runs after this little girl who's been taught, you know, stranger danger. So she's trying to stay away from this creepy lady. She rushes into the elevator, and Susie bursts in. So she's like, are you okay? And she starts touching her face, and she's like, did you go to the doctor yesterday? Did you go to the doctor? Are you, do you have any scratches? That was scary yesterday. But I, I'm the one that pushed you out of the way. And the little girl is just like, okay just kind of like pushes away and like nods. And right as the little girl pushes away, she has another vision. That same girl is walking into her apartment and a little friend, the same guy that waved at her, is coming over to eat dinner. The minute that the little girl's mom turns on the stove, there's a gas explosion. And the unit bursts into flames. While two kids are in there? While two kids are in there and the mom is in there. So she's like, what? So she's seeing future vision? Yeah. So she's like, what? Well, I, it all comes to make a point at the end, right? So she's like, what the heck? Oh. So then she rushes out the elevator on this girl's floor and the girl is like, oh my God, what is this creepy lady doing? So she rushes in and she's like ding dong and her mom opens the door. And she rushes into the apartment and now Susie is on this floor just pacing. What does she do? Does she leave? Does she wait for the other kid to come? She has no idea. And at that moment, that little boy that she saw in her vision, gets out of the elevator on this floor. And he rushes to that apartment and he knocks on the door and they say, oh, I know. And she's like, oh, you came. And he's let inside and almost instantly the unit explodes. So this time she is taken to the hospital and nobody is believing her sh- at the hospital. She had a brain scan, she had CT scans and she's telling the doctor, no, 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 I saw it. I saw it, I swear, I saw it. Are the family okay? Um, the girl survived, nobody else did yeah the little girl survived she and wanted she to make also sure got her. yeah and she's just saying like i swear to god i saw it and they're like yeah no we know you saw it and she's saying no i saw it before it happened and the doctor tries to explain sometimes with you know brain damage and brain injuries because you had an intense fall apparently she went hiking in the mountains and she fell off a mountain and you had such an intense fall you possibly are having hallucinations or maybe you think that you thought you saw it before it happened maybe it's the feeling of deja vu but your brain cannot associate it with just oh this is a feeling I have maybe your brain is thinking no I saw it before it happened do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and she's like no I'm not crazy like I, I saw it So her husband's like, oh, okay, doctor. Like, thank you so much for your time. As long as everything looks good, I'm just gonna take her home. She probably needs some rest. Like, he's kind of embarrassed. So he's like, okay, let's go. Now, as they're walking out of this hospital, you know, Susie keeps saying, I gotta go visit that little girl. I gotta tell her what I saw. I gotta tell her if next time, maybe if I touch her again, I'm gonna have another vision. What if she dies again? And he's like, you gotta stop. You're not okay. So this is the first time the husband kind of loses his patience, gets upset. And she looks shocked. Suddenly, you know, Susie can't handle it no more. And she gets pissed off. So she rushes to the car, slams the door in, and she's just sitting there. And he takes her to the beach. Now, this is a really cute moment because she asks him if she can swim. And he says, I don't actually know. I know that you like water, but I don't know if you can swim. And she just goes straight into the water with all of her clothes on and he chases after her. And he decides, well, let's test it. So she starts floating and he's holding her hand and she says, please don't let go of my hand. And he says, I'll never let go. Even if you don't see me, I'm always here. So it's confusing. My emotions are distraught. Is he creepy or is he so sweet? So that night, as Susie's sleeping, she has kind of, I don't know if it's a vision, but seems like it, in the same format of her other ones, of the little girl dying. She has this vision of her falling off of this abandoned construction building, and a man standing over the ledge looking down at her. But we don't know who this man is. It doesn't show the face of this man. So she's a little creeped out, and she wakes up, eats her breakfast that her husband made her, takes her pills, and she gets a knock on the door. It's the police. Now I'm pouring it into a beaker so the police arrived to talk to her and they said that they have to, you know, ask her a couple of questions, standard questions, because when she was admitted to the hospital during her fall, she also had bruises on her. So they want to make sure, are these bruises from the fall? Or was it from something else? Or could it be, you know, someone is abusing you before the accident? And we asked the doctors, they said that you don't really remember much, but we just wanted to make sure. We need to fill it out for our report. Now, while they're asking her these questions, another police officer is looking around the house, just kind of standing there looking at the living room, and he remarks that it reminds him of a model home but she kind of Like a model home is when you buy, like you know how every apartment unit has a staged home that they show people? Like they have the furniture already, kind of like that. And she's just looking at him like, what? But she keeps answering the questions anyway. And she's like, no, 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 my husband's sweet. Like he would never abuse me. If he did, don't worry, I'll file a police report. Like I'm not gonna just sit around. And he's like, okay, well, as long as you believe so, here's our card, take this, and uh, we're gonna head out. Call us if you remember anything, call us if you wanna talk. So as they're walking out, they see that same wedding picture of her her husband and one of the police officers the same one that's super nosy he remarks oh isn't it the other way around and the police officer like let's just get out of here so they leave so i don't know what that means could it mean that maybe sometimes the bride is supposed to be on this side and the groom's supposed to be on this side maybe it's like a flip of the image who knows but she just kind of noticed that sound or him saying that and just thought it was strange so she's thinking, that's so odd. Well, I have answers for all of this. It's so good. So she gets back into the elevator. Meanwhile, John is busy. He's out of the house all day, just trying to get them some instant acceptance into Canada. Like he's telling these people, the Canadian embassy in South Korea, it's, it's urgent. Like we need to go. And they keep asking him, why is it so urgent for you to get to Canada? And it cuts off before he gives his answer. So now that Susie is in the elevator going for her daily walk, this bitch needs to stop walking because bad shit happens every time she walks. A teenage girl walks into the elevator. She's like coming home from school. She's got her backpack on and she had dropped something. So Susie picks it up, hands it to her, and she says, oh, thanks. And the minute that they grab it and their hands touch, Susie has another vision of this teenage girl getting strangled by a man with a scar on his chin. And she's screaming, this man is on top of her, just strangling her. And so she gets off on level seven, because that's where her apartment is, and Susie runs after her. I mean, it's already happened two times. Who's to say it won't happen again? And she keeps saying, Hello, girl, come here, come here, come here, what's your name? And the girl's like, What is wrong with you? And she tells her, Do you know him do you know a man in their forties? No, maybe he's in his fifties. Do you know a fifty-year-old man? He's got he's got like a scar on was it the left side or the right side? Somewhere on his chin, he's got this scar. Do you know someone that looks like that? And the girl is like, can you just leave me alone? What's wrong with you? And she's like, you're gonna die. Do you not understand? You're gonna die. This man is gonna kill you. So at that moment, 706, the apartment unit opens and she rushes inside and she's about to open the door. Susie's trying to get it and she's gonna follow her into the apartment. But this man blocks her. We assume this to be the teenager's dad. And sure enough, he's got a scar on his chin. So she backs off and he slams the door shut and she starts pacing. She's pacing this floor and she calls John and she's like, you need to come home. You need to come home. I don't know how to explain it, but I saw it again. Someone's gonna die. So she keeps waiting and that teenager comes back out of the apartment and she's leaving. So now Susie's following her. She's following her into the shopping area, just trying to see like, how can I convince her to be careful? And she runs into a woman and she's like, oh my God, Susie? And of course she goes with this script. She's like, it's been so long you lost weight, I couldn't even recognize you, you're so pretty now. And the girl is like, I did lose a little weight, didn't I? And (laughs) and she's like, yeah, you look so good. But of course, I mean, that's not gonna actually work. So they're seen walking into a coffee shop together and the, the woman is like, you really don't remember anything? She's like, no, I don't remember anything, I was in an accident So they sit down and have some coffee, and afterwards, as they're walking, she keeps telling Susie You used to be a teacher, that's how we know each other, we used to work at the same place Susie's like, I didn't know I worked, I always thought that I was like a housewife, that's what I was told by my husband Oh, no, you, you worked. Here, let me show you. So she brings her into the art studio where she was an art teacher. And all of the students are like, oh, my God, Susie's back. So they recognize her. So this is true. She worked at this art studio. And the, the co-worker confused. Like, you really don't remember anything? Like, any of them? You don't even remember where your desk is? So she shows her her desk. And it's filled with, like, business cards and drawings and her picture. And it's, she's like, I don't remember any of this. So the co is like, well, tell me about the accident. You guys went hiking together? That's strange, I didn't know your husband was into hiking. Oh, he wasn't? No, I mean, I, I thought maybe he would go hiking with you because he's, he's jealous. He gets really, um, you had an interesting husband. Yeah, he's, he's doting, but he's jealous. You know, that's, that's kind of what we knew him for here anyway. And Susie's like, huh, that's interesting. She says, anyway, um, you go, Susie. I will pack up all of your stuff. Give me your address, and I will ship everything to you so you can have all of your painting supplies. But yeah, 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 why don't you do that? We'll, we'll catch up another time. I gotta teach the students. So she's like, okay, thanks. But she spots this business card on her desk, and she takes it. Maybe she wants to find out more, because this is the first time that she's meeting someone other than her husband. So, yes. Yeah. She took her own business card? The business card was her husband's. It says, like, Lee Li Hoon, which is her husband's name and the address. He works there too? No, at a different place. So she's like, I want to go to his office and see where he works because he never really told her where he mm. works. Okay. So she ends up at this abandoned building, this abandoned office. And it's been, um, it's pretty much gone bankrupt. You can tell because there's red sticky notes everywhere, which is the Korean way of saying, uh, we're going to take this shit. Police officers do that. You can't just walk into a Korean's house and put red sticky notes and be like, yeah, I'm going to take that shit. Police, you gotta be the police So she sees it, and she's looking through the glass And it says Dream Town for Sale So it seems like he was this architect A CEO, who wanted to construct This huge building that were gonna be Like this amazing dream apartments, The best community to live in But for some reason, the company went Bankrupt in the middle of the construction So she's looking around And she's confused, she's never heard about this A janitor kind of fills her in Like, oh, nobody comes to this office anymore After, after what he did he's scammed everyone and then he just disappeared so she's like what now john on the other hand when he gets home he sees the police you know business card on their dining table and he starts freaking out so he calls her she's not picking up now once she gets home she is in no talking mood and she asks him john the reason that we're going to canada is it because we're bankrupt and he says no like i didn't want to stress you out about all of this it's it's not that i I'm, I'm handling everything, and when we get to Canada, it'll be because we just love Canada. You know, we just want to start fresh. It's, I'm not scamming anyone. I'm not trying to take anyone's money. I'm handling it all before we leave. Trust me. Besides, how did you find my office anyway? And she says, well, I went to the art school. Do you, do you remember? Are you, do you, are you getting your memory back? Why? Would that be a bad thing? Why would you not tell me that I used to work? You told me everything You would tell me my sleep schedule You would tell me how I like to eat my kimchi fried rice Well, that sounded kinda of racist You would tell me how I like to eat my tteokbokki. You would tell me all of these things But you didn't tell me that I had a job? The most important thing? Listen, I can explain That painting, I didn't paint it You painted it of Canada And the doctor said that you have motor issues on your hands and they said that you would never be able to paint like you used to. And I just thought, maybe I could wait a little while. Maybe I could wait until you weren't as sad and you had your life back together and then I could kind of break the news to you. I just didn't want you to be even more depressed. And she kind of just accepts this, and she moves on So the next day, he's at work, or doing whatever he does And she gets a box in the mail The security guard hands it to her And it's a box from the art school So she's sitting in the garden, and she opens that box up And she's going through stuff So it's got journals, it's got paintings, it's got paint supplies But she also sees a bunch of pictures Of her and another man I know what you're thinking, but that's not even the plot twist It's crazy So she sees pictures of her and another man, and she's like, what? Who is this guy? They're enjoying their life, they're going on these boat trips, they look happy in these pictures. So she grabs her box and she's ready to go back upstairs because she's trying to investigate all of this, and guess who she runs into in the elevator? The man from Unit 706, the guy who was trying to kill his daughter. Scarface. Scarface. So she's a little bit terrified. He's on the phone, barely recognizes her, um, barely even like acknowledges her, right? He's on the phone and he's saying, it's been too long. I have taken care of her for too long. I'm sick of it. I was only doing this for her dead mom and I'm not doing it anymore. Maybe I'll drop her off at a bar so that she can work as a sex worker. And he's saying it very like aggressively, like he's going to sell her. So she's Susie's holding this box and she starts freaking out. And right as he's about to leave on the seventh floor, she grabs him. And says, if you do anything, I'll I'll tell on you. I'll report you. Who are you? If you do anything to your daughter, I, I'm going to tell the police it's you. And he freaks out. The elevator closes. And he starts strangling her. He's just pissed. He's like, who are you to talk to me like that? He seems like a misogynistic. He's like, who are you to talk to me like that? Don't tell me what to do with my kids And he's strangling her, but she lives on the 10th floor So at the 10th floor, the door is open And her husband is standing there And she rushes out of the elevator Leaves the box inside the elevator And she's just coughing on the ground And her husband is like, what is wrong with you? Why was he choking you? I'm gonna kill him And she's like, no, I trust me He's gonna kill his daughter Meanwhile, the police are doing investigations at the same time on the abandoned building, the dream town, right? So they're going through all the layers and it almost looks more like a parking lot, like spirally. And they say, I mean, this is crazy. People are stealing all the copper wiring now. It's like really an abandoned building. And they, what is this? There's not even safety fences up here. And they're looking down and they're like, so what's going on here? Well, the owner, um, he just dipped. He's hiding from the loan sharks. Nobody's really seen him around. what's going on. Now, meanwhile, John is trying to comfort her. He's, like, calming her down in the freaking apartment. And she's like, you have to go to the police right now. And he's like, no, 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 this is crazy. Like, you didn't even see a crime. And she's lying in bed, and he's like, here, just take your meds. Maybe you're hallucinating again. And so she takes her meds, and this time she's hazy. Everything's blurry, but she decides to sneak out and go spy on Unit 706. So she gets to the seventh floor, and she's trying to, like, hear into that house, right? And she hears someone kind of screaming. It sounds like the girl. It's about to happen. He's gonna kill her right now. But as she's about to like bang on the door, the door handle starts moving. So she freaks out, runs down the hallway, and she starts hiding near the elevators and like a crack in the wall. And she sees a man with a dark hat, with a large suitcase that's really heavy, come out of that unit. And as he's passing where she's hiding, he drops his necklace and he picks it up again and moves the suitcase back down. So then we see John in his car with a black shirt and a black hat and a suitcase in the back trying to leave the apartment building. But the security stops him and he has the box, the box from the art school and says, are you from unit 1006? He's like, yeah. Oh, I think your wife left this in the elevator here. So he grabs a box and he looks inside and he sees the pictures of Susie and another man and he looks pissed. So Susie goes to meet her coworker, right? Cause she wants answers. I feel like she kind of has an inkling that it might be her husband because she remembers talking nonstop about the guy in 706 and then, you know, what's going on. And she didn't see him last night when she woke up from her drug haze and he's just lying to her. She's just getting all around suspicious. So she meets with that that art school teacher again and she starts talking and she asks directly, what kind of a guy was my husband? And the art teacher immediately starts looking at her body and is like, did he do it again? Did he hit you again? And she's like, show me your wrists and stuff. And she's like, no, he, he didn't hit me. He used to hit me? You really don't remember anything? About a month before you quit and you had your accident, you told us that you were going to divorce him, and you were going to take some time, and you were going to start fresh somewhere else. Your husband was acting strange. You were on antidepressants, and I think that he genuinely thought you were seeing someone else. And she's like, was I though? Was I cheating on my husband? L- listen, I don't know that much, okay? We were just coworkers, but your husband seemed to think so. So now that Susie's back home, I mean, she's thinking about, well, there was that man in those pictures. So she goes to the security and she's like, hey, I dropped my box in the elevator the other day. Do you have it? And he says, oh, we gave it to your husband last night at like two in the morning. It's strange, Does he, is he on vacation or something? Maybe he'll give it to you when he gets back. I saw a suitcase in his back seat. A suitcase in his backseat. So she rushes back into the apartment and she starts digging all over the place. She's going into the closet and in one of the jacket pockets, in the closet, she pulls out a Canadian maple leaf necklace. The same one that was dropped right in front of her when she was hiding on floor 7. So, she, this is when she realized that was the man? Yeah, that that was her husband. Okay. There we go. Now you freeze it for two hours. <laughs> Bye, bits. I'll be back in two hours with a raindrop cake. It's been like two hours. If the lighting is changing, that's why. But they're, they're hard now. <laughs> that's what she said. Now we're just going to put them out of the mold. We've got some, Um, what is this called? It's called kinako powder, but I think in Korean it'd be like indomi powder. And then we have some syrup, brown sugar syrup that we've made. And now we're gonna slowly plop these. Oh. Up. They're not formed. They're not formed. Okay, let me just Hold on. Shh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There oh. we go. I oh, don't know, babe. I don't have a good feeling. A few moments later. They're perfect. You guys just can't see them <laughs> at all. That's how perfect they are. Oh, you no. can't see it. <laughs> it looks like I'm just showing off empty plates at this point. But like, low-key, what do I Look do for up. my thumbnail? Do they see it. Look at that. Do they see it? You're dripping juice. You're dripping the juice. Fix. We did it. We did it. Woo! Should I do half here? Yes. And then another half here. And another half here. Then we do one scoop. Okay, let's eat it because it finally somewhat succeeded, but it's leaking everywhere. Okay, so I think you just kind of take a piece of it and get the me and get some of the sugar. It tastes bitter. This is good. I like the taste. Okay. Let me try this one. Maybe it tastes a little different. Maybe I need more syrup. Mmm. Mmm. Okay, babe. Mm, that's pretty good. You need that's, more syrup, seriously. That's pretty good. This syrup is the only thing. Trust. Then it tastes really good. Get a little bit of the injured meat. Oh. Get the Oops. <laughs> I'm gonna just have to take this. Mmm good. Oh right? god, now it's so good. It just tastes like straight up sugar. <laughs> Doesn't that look good? Yeah. Look at that. And the Indermi powder? Mmm. Mmm. Wow. It's like a very light jello. Yeah. Kinda like grass grass jelly. Grass jelly. No? You want a little more? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. It's good. Mmm. The movie is only halfway through. (laughs) So uh, grab a seat, eat your dessert, your jelly, whatever you want to call it. So like I said, you know, she finds out that her husband is the one with the suitcase. Her husband is the one that she saw on level seven. She starts freaking out. Meanwhile, John, he too is freaking out because he thinks that she's on him. So he starts going to the Canadian embassy begging for them to get a, an earlier date. While he's doing that, he's tracking her location on his phone. So we find out that he knows every time where she goes, if she's at the apartment, where she is at all times. And this time, she's headed straight for a police station. She's trying to turn him in she's gonna go to the cops. That's her only way. She thinks this guy is a serial killer. And remind you, because she lost her memory, she doesn't have like an emotional attachment to him. What's to stop her? He seems psychopathic. So she rushes to the police station. Meanwhile, John is at the Canadian embassy begging them, instead of a week out, two weeks out, can I buy the closest tickets two days out? Is that the nearest? We need to get to Canada right now. So they allow him to depart in two days time, which is which is a really short time to pack and all of that, right? Now, At the same time, he is currently tracking Susie's location She is headed straight towards the police station So he starts panicking, he starts freaking out And she's getting there and she's telling the police No, 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 I saw him kill someone I saw my husband kill someone and put the body in a suitcase And drag the suitcase out to the middle of nowhere I'm pretty sure that's where he went Now the police are like, so you saw him strangle someone? Well not exactly, I mean I saw it in my head And I saw him with the suitcase And I know that there was a body in the suitcase Okay, so did you see the body in the suitcase? No, but I, I saw him. I know that there's a body in the suitcase. Like I know that that's the only thing that could be in the suitcase. So you didn't see him put the body in the suitcase. You didn't see a body in the suitcase. You just saw your husband with a suitcase and now you think he's killed someone and unit 706 stuffed their body in a suitcase. Do you see where we're going with this lady? Like you kind of sound a little bit crazy. And she's like, no, you have to trust me. He did it. Now at that moment, John walks into the police station and she starts freaking out. She starts pointing at him. Like "That's, that's the guy, police officers, arrest him, arrest him. He killed somebody, he killed somebody. And he's just like, oh my God, again? Like, please, what, what is going on right now, right? <sighs> Sorry, my wife, she's been having these hallucinations. You can call her doctor, it checks out. I- I'm gonna take her home. And they're like, okay, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. We did hear that she was in an accident. Wait, how did you know she was here? <laughs> Since the accident, um, I was worried that she was gonna get lost. I've been tracking her phone. You've been tracking her phone. Did you know that he was tracking your phone? And she's like, no, I didn't know he was tracking my phone. So now the police decide, at least let's check out Unit 706. Let's see if there's evidence of a crime scene. When they get there, the apartment manager is showing them Unit 706. And they say, yeah, it hasn't been sold for a really long time. Nobody's lived here for like the past, oh God, at least a decade. It's completely empty inside. There's no evidence of that teenage girl. There's no evidence of the dad. It's just been wiped empty. And even the apartment manager says it hasn't been sold in like a decade. So obviously the police are believing, okay, like this girl is definitely hallucinating and we trust the husband now. So he's like, okay, I'm just gonna take my wife home. So he takes her back to their unit and John's just telling her, it's okay, babe. Once we get to Canada in two days, everything's gonna be better then. You're gonna feel so much better. And she starts panicking. She's like, this. I'm not going to Canada. She rushes out of the apartment, rushes into the elevator, and as she's going down, someone else steps in. Now, this is a man who is on the phone, and he doesn't even realize that she's in there, and he's just talking on the phone saying, Like, I'm on my way down. Please stop coming to my house. Like, this is wildly inappropriate. Like, what if my wife sees you? And she hears this and she has a vision of him getting slapped around in the face by, like, a gangster-looking guy outside the apartment. So, of course, Susie believes he's gonna die or something, you know? that He looked really gangster. He was all up in a suit, but he was all, like, I don't know, tatted up. I don't think he was, honestly, but, like, I can't stop thinking about tattoos anymore because he got one. And so she follows him outside and she's watching through the bushes, keeping her distance, and this man, sure enough, gets thrown onto the ground by a guy in a suit and slapped around, saying, where's my money, huh? Where's my fucking money? And she looks at him and is witnessing this, and the gangster leaves, and the man looks at her, and this is the guy in the pictures with her. What? And he says, Susie, oh my God, where have you been? And she looks a little bit confused, but she follows him back home, right, to his apartment. He's like, God, you've been gone for, like, weeks now. What the heck? He's opening the unit door, and she walks in, and it feels kind of familiar. She looks around, and he says, do you know where my stamps are? And she kind of, for some reason, looks. Which unit does she go to? It's a different one. I don't know. Okay. And, um, you know, there's, like, a dresser over there. And she kind of, like, looks at the dresser. He rushes over there, opens the cabinet, and her, the stamps are in there. So this feels like maybe this is like muscle movement, like muscle memory. She kind of remembers this place, and she hasn't remembered anything else. So she's staring around, and he says, "All right, well, can you meet me at the the construction site tonight? And she's like, what do you mean? What's our anniversary, babe? I'm, I'm gonna make it all up to you. Ever since you brought up that divorce, like, I promise I'm gonna be the best husband now. Just trust me on this. And he just leaves, and she's just so confused. And right before he leaves, she has a vision that he dies at the construction site. So he tells her, you can't go. She's like, you can't go to the construction site tonight. You're gonna die. And he's like, what is wrong with you? Anyways, meet me there. Stop being weird. And she walks towards the hallway and she sees a picture of her. It's a wedding day picture, but with that guy. And she looks and she looks around and she finds letters addressed to her, letters addressed to Lee Ji Hoon, which is her husband's name. So if this is her husband, then who has she been living with? You know, and you think that you know the plot twist because that's what happens in Before I Go to Sleep with Nicole Kidman, right? But it's, we still got 40 minutes left of the movie! So she's like, what the actual fork? But now she's got to go to the construction site that night because she needs to figure out, is this my husband? Then who is this fake imposter husband? What does he want from me? She rushes to her unit that she's sharing with fake John and she sees that same wedding day. She's wearing the same dress. So is this someone I know? Is this photoshopped? I mean, she's having all these thoughts run through her head. She rushes downstairs, gets into the car, and as she's driving to the construction site, she has that vision. Remember, where she's being pushed off of a building or she's falling and she sees this man's figure that man clears up and it's John standing over the edge watching her fall the fake John the one that she's been living with so why is he trying to kill her like that's the vibe so she calls up the, the police and she's like listen I know this is gonna sound crazy but you have to trust me that fake John is not my husband and he's gonna kill me So after calling the police, Susie is rushing to the construction site. She's running up these stairs, which honestly, this doesn't even look like a dream home. This looks like an abandoned building. It looks so terrifying. There's no safety guards. You could just fall off the edge. There's like a hollow hole in the middle. So it's kind of like this spiral situation. She's running, running. She has this vision of fake John beating up Real John, her real husband and dragging his bloody body to like this concrete mixer because it's a construction site So she's thinking he's gonna encase him in concrete, holy shit So she gets up there and she makes a noise And fake John turns around, he's there in real life The imposter's there And he says, what are you doing here? Let's, let's just talk, let me take you home. You're, did, you, did you take your meds? And she's like, I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to kill real John. And so she starts booking it because he's pissed, he's after her now. He starts chasing her through the little hallways, all of that. And he's like, I can explain, I can explain. Please just come here, let me explain. Just don't worry, once we get to Canada, everything will be okay. So she rushes towards and finally he corners her and she's at the ledge of the building. And she's stepping back further and further and she's saying, please, don't come any closer. And he's saying, trust me, be careful. Be careful. You're going to fall. Please just trust me. We're going to get to Canada and everything's going to be okay. And she's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Now at that exact moment, she falls to the ground because the police tackle her. She does not fall all the way down, but she stays on that same level. She's alive. The police tackle her and the police also tackle fake John. The police came because of her phone call. They believed her for once. So once they get there, they're like- where's the real John? So once they get there, they're like, where's your husband? You said he killed your husband, your real husband. And she's saying, over here. So she guides him to that spot where she ran into fake John and there's no body. There is a suitcase though. So she's like, in the suitcase, in the suitcase. She unzips it. And inside there is no blood, no body, nothing. It's just tools. So she looks over and she sees the concrete mixer and it's filled with like um, concrete that's hardened. So she grabs a sledgehammer and she's just swinging at it saying, the body's in here, I swear, it's in here. And the police are just like, oh God, okay. Uh, ma'am, ma'am, just, just stop and it's, it's fine, okay? It's, ma'am, just let it go. And now the fake John is going over there, getting the sledgehammer out of her hand, saying, it's going to be okay, babe. It's okay. Let me take you home. You're hallucinating again. And he grabs her arm and he says, well, there's nothing else, police officers. I'm going to take my wife home. And that is when one of them grabs his arm and says, my wife, my ass. And he tells the other cop to keep an eye on him and he goes and he starts banging on the cement thing with the sledgehammer. And slowly but surely, an arm appears. And the arm is wearing a Rolex, the same Rolex that was in her real wedding photo with her real husband. So they arrest him. What, why did that cop stop him? Because he knew he looked up this guy's name and he knows that this is not Lee Ji-hun before they got there. Um. His name is Kim seon oh. So he knows my wife, my ass Like maybe she's onto something Is this the same cop that was being suspicious? Yes. At the house? Yes! Yes! The same guy that's like This is supposed to be flipped Like this is really weird, right? Or oh. oh, is this a model home, right? Same oh. cop So he takes them to the police station And this is when we get another plot twist The police sit down Susie And they tell her That's not your husband Inside the interrogation room His name is Kim seon He's your adoptive brother. Wait, what? You're an orphan. You were adopted by parents or by, you know, you were adopted and he was the biological son of that adopted family. So you guys grew up together. But why was he pretending to be my husband then? Well, he's telling us that he killed your husband. There was a fight. Uh, He said it was an accident or something of that sort, but he needed to skip town. But he needs money to do that. So he tried killing you for life insurance money because he was now the main benefactor now that your husband was gone. So he would control that money. But when you guys went hiking, he pushed you down. You didn't die. He said that he was just waiting for another opportunity to kill you again. Well, can I just talk to him? So they let her in the interrogation room and she asks for the story. Why would you do this? And he gives her the same story. I killed your husband and I was gonna kill you for insurance money. That's it. And she's like, but you're all I have. Like, you're the only one that I know. Is there anything else? No, you were adopted into my family. Then you married. I we went to your wedding, I guess, and you killed your husband and was gonna kill you for insurance money. And she's like, I know you know more. What about what happened in Unit 706? What about that suitcase? And you're just like, well, I don't really feel like talking to you anymore and the police escort her out, but before she leaves the station, they give her an address. They say that, I don't think that he ever gave this to you, but this is you know where you used to live with your real husband. So maybe it'll bring back memories if you get to that apartment, just just let us know. So she's walking home in a daze. Um, well, her fake home, the model home that she shared with fake John, right? Her, her adoptive brother, these Korean plot lines be wild. And she comes across that little girl again. Guma, the, the first one that where she had the first vision And she kind of, you know, scoots down and she says Are you feeling okay? Like, did you go to the doctor? Is your mom dead? Like, what happen- what's your name? She says, oh, my name's Sujin And she goes, oh, my name's Sujin too Like I said, it's a common name She says, yeah, my name's Choi Sujin Choi Sujin She goes, oh, I'm Kim Jin." And that little boy that was waving at the bus stop The one that went to her house to eat dinner. Right? Do you remember uh-huh. him? Yes. Well, he comes forward and he says, Well, now her name's Kim Soo Jin, too. My family just adopted her. Oh my god! So when she goes to Unit 706, now we kind of see this whole thing play out. And when I say when she goes there, it's all in her memory. All these visions are because she lost her memory and she has no idea, but she probably saw something that triggered her memory. Yeah. So that little girl where her mom died and she was the only one that survived from that cooking fire was her. And then the teenager. Are you ready for this? No, no there's a f- plot. What? The brother's dead too. Oh, he didn't die. That was a friend. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he didn't die. Okay. Then the teenager in Unit 706 is her with her adoptive dad, who is on the phone saying, I'm done taking care of her because her mom died. Oh. And her getting strangled, the teenager getting strangled. It was her. We get that vision again. But this time, we get the full story. As that adoptive dad is strangling Susie, Someone hits him on the head and he starts bleeding and he's dying. And it's fake John, her adoptive brother. Oh, yeah. And she's crying and he says, It's okay. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's okay. And she's saying, w- w- What do we do? What do we do? And he says, That's okay. None of this is your fault. And he's wiping her tears and he says, Why don't you go to your friend's house today? Okay. Don't tell anyone you ever came home. It's okay. Just go home, or just go to your friend's house, okay? Don't let anyone know that you came home today. And as she's leaving, she sees him pull out a black suitcase. And so him leaving that apartment unit with that black suitcase was his dad's body to protect her. And then after that, she gets married, you know? She's dating this husband, the real John, who's incredibly abusive, and when we see her meeting him, Even all of this, the playback of the elevator of him being like, where have you been? You know, I'm going to be a better husband now. Don't divorce me. That was before her memory loss. That was a vision of her past. And he says, meet me at the construction site. And what happened at the construction site was he was meeting his loan sharks. And they asked, when are you going to kill your wife? You told us that's how we're going to get paid with her life insurance money. And he says, I know she's coming to meet me today. I got it. And how did the stepbrother find out? And then, and then this is what gets crazy. And that loan shark gets pissed and is like, well, I need something now. You're gonna kill her, what, tonight? Okay, well as insurance, give me your Rolex. And he takes his watch. Now this pisses off real John because, you know, macho energy, you can kill my wife, but you can't take my Rolex. And so he kills the loan shark and throws him into the concrete mix with that Rolex and all and turns it on. So then we have Susie before the accident come up and she's like, honey, where are you? And she sees inside the concrete mix, sees the body and she sees John and she starts getting terrified. So as she's about to leave, he grabs her by her bag and starts throwing her onto the ground and a little brochure pops out, Canadian immigration. He looks at her and he goes, you're you're divorcing me because you're trying to go to Canada with him, aren't you? You're trying to go to Canada with your brother. And she's like, no, I, I'm divorcing you because I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And she's like putting her purse back together and he starts strangling her. And as she's getting strangled, she grabs a metal pipe and starts beating him with it in self-defense. And he drops to the ground and there's blood all over him. And the next flashback we get is she calls her brother and he comes. And he looks at her, she's crying, just like fetal position crying. And her husband looks dead on the ground. So he starts dragging the husband's body, the vision that she saw of fake John dragging real John's body, that's all bloodied up, Uh throws him on top of the loan shark's body in the concrete mixer. And he says, that's okay. I got you. Don't worry about it. You weren't here today. You were at my house. And she realizes that he's gonna try to take the fall for this. So she says, you're just the same, just like you were then, just like you are now. You always just try to protect me and you always just try to handle it all by yourself. And she says, I can't do this anymore and I'm sorry. And he's like, no, Susie, cause she's getting closer to the edge. And she jumps and he looks down as she's falling. That's the vision because she didn't want him to take care of this again. She didn't want him to like take the fall for all of this. So she jumps, but she survives. So he rushes all the way down and carries her to the hospital. Meanwhile, what we don't see is that the real husband is crawling out of the concrete mix. So she's taken to the hospital, and he's got this new plan. I'm gonna pretend like she's my wife. We're gonna immigrate to Canada, and I'll probably tell her the truth once we get there and she's all better, right? Yeah. Because it's too much to tell her at once. You killed your own husband, and now you lost your memory. Ta da! Meanwhile, the police are doing their investigation. They go and find a black suitcase which sure enough has the skeletonized body of what we can assume is her adoptive father and his real biological father. At the same time, they're doing other investigations. They're trying to run DNA on the person that they found encased in concrete at the construction site, and she decides Susie decides to go to this hotel apartment where she shared with her real husband John instead of her brother, right? Just to get more facts. Once she walks in, she starts having a flood of memories rush back. All of her co calling like are you okay your husband came in again just yelling at everyone are you sure you're fine are you sure this is okay you should definitely do something about it and she's realizing how abusive this guy is and she turns around and in walks her real husband all bloodied up still like bruises in a black hoodie saying you two thought I was dead is that vision no this is real time because remember he crawled out He said, You two thought I was dead. And she rushes and she starts running into one of the rooms, locks herself and barricades herself. And she's calling the police. She's like, Please do something. He's alive. He's alive and he's going to kill me. Now, the police are in the interrogation room with her brother. Yeah. So he's hearing this and he's panicked because he knows what that means, right? So the police are like, Holy shit. Another officer comes in and goes, That's not Ijeon in that concrete we did the dna test at somebody else it's not the real john yes they're like he's probably gonna kill his wife you know for trying to kill him so they start rushing there and in the passion of everything and the craziness of everything this is the one plot part where i'm like really they just leave all the doors open and one of them leaves their police jacket okay like a korean seol pd jacket and so john decides i'm gonna wear it Fake John. Yeah, fake John is the like, brother. the brother is like, yeah, I'm gonna wear that. And I'm going to race to this whole apartment and save my sister. So he's rushing over there. Meanwhile, real John gets in to the room and he's chasing her with a bat. And so she's running to the corner of the apartment and he smashes her knee so she can't walk anymore. And she's just begging, like, why are you doing this? And so the, the real husband, he's pouring gasoline all over the place, and he says, I've always wondered, since we got married, who loves you more, me or your brother? He just wants to save you all the time, and I want to kill you all the time. It's all for love, though, isn't it? It's kind of the same thing. And he finds a picture of her framed with her and her brother, and he smashes it, lights a cigarette, and leaves. So we've got this fire burning, right? And it's getting closer and closer to her and eventually things are gonna start exploding cause the kitchen's over there. So she's screaming, she's trying to run but her, she can't even get up because her knee has been smashed. Meanwhile, the brother is racing to get there and he starts taking the staircase because the elevators might stop because of the fire, right? Where's the cops? The cops are on their way too. But the brother gets there faster, he was speeding, okay? <laughs> so the brother gets there and in that stairwell he runs into the real John who stabs him in the stomach and keeps running down. Now. Fake John, brother, is running up to the apartment. Real John is running down and that is when he encounters the police and they arrest him. And they're dragging him downstairs and they have no idea about this fire yet and Real John is still running all the way up. And once he opens that unit door, it's like engulfed in flames. So he rushes over, finds her in the corner of the apartment and she's crying. And he tells her, it's okay, don't cry. And he's wiping her tears. And right when he says that, The entire place gets engulfed in flames. And the police are standing over a hospital bed. And they say, oh, are are you awake? And Susie opens her eyes. And she wants to know what happened to her brother. And they tell her, his body was found at the scene. It seems like he covered your body with his from the flames. How K-drama. How K-drama! And they give her a box and they say, We got this from the Canadian embassy, if you ever want to watch it. And she looks inside that box, and there's a little tape, like an immigration tape. Like, they have to tape these things when you get um, interviewed, I guess, to immigrate to a different place. Like, they ask you a bunch of, like, questions. Why do you want to come here, right? Make sure you're not a crazy person. And remember when I said, why at the Canadian embassy, they were like, why are you guys in such a rush? And he said, because, but it cut off. And we get a flashback. So when he was young, he had given her this picture of a lake in Canada, like a red lake. I think that's what it's called, like red something lake. And he wrote, one day, we're going to live here. And she had kept that. And then once her marriage got bad, they went on a hike once, her and her brother, and they were sitting on a rock looking at the view. And she pulled it out after all these years, like decades. And she said, I'm moving to Canada. I'm going to divorce my husband and I'm going to start fresh in Canada. And he said, what? You still have this? This is, what? And she's like, yeah, I think that's the only way. I think I want to live in Canada. And he tells the Canadian embassy, she has to live there. She has to have a fresh start. She has to be happy. And then it cuts to her with a house on the lake in Canada. She moved? But she's by herself. Uh. And she's imagining her brother there with her. But he's not there because he's dead! I'm sorry. And then the credits start rolling. And then we have one scene at the wedding where the photographer's taking pictures of her, Susie, getting married to real John and the whole wedding party. And then they say, okay, okay, everybody clear the scene. Now it's time for family pictures. And only, only her brother shows up and he stands right next to her. And they say, "This is it." You guys don't have parents, and they look at each other and they say, "This is it." And he says, "Okay, well, actually, can you guys swap places? That it's it's this way. The groom is the only one allowed to stand on that side." So they swap places and they hold hands and smile. That's too good. Oh <laughs> god. I thought it was photoshopped. I thought the guy was a creeper. I thought he was a serial killer. Turns out Turns out he's just, but also, are we a little creeped out about this whole adoptive sister brotherly love? That's like a K-drama thing, okay? So if you don't watch K-dramas, there was like a one, there was a, I think a year phase, a one-year phase where every single K-drama, they were always like adopted siblings or something that fall in love. It's like forbidden love. And then in America, we're like, stop it, stepbro." bro. <laughs> it's like romantic in Korea. And then here we're like, I'm stuck in the washing machine, step bro. Yeah, isn't That's it good? good? It's so good. I thought that the first half, I thought it was gonna be just like before I sleep, like Nicole Kidman, oh, it's not her real husband. It's an abusive stalker, right? But it just got so emotional at the end. Korean drama it There's are at all. Yeah, and the way that it's filmed It's just like What? That's This is probably one of my favorite It's so good my, One of my favorite bands Yeah, it's so good I, gl- I hope you guys enjoyed it I'm glad that he enjoyed it Let me know in the comments What are your thoughts on this one? Were you expecting the plot twist? I feel like everyone was expecting Oh, he's not the real husband, right? But were you expecting all of this? I had no idea that these were just her memories mm. of the little girl, yeah. of even the teenager. Yeah. So good. I thought I thought that little girl was going to say, my name is Sujin, <laughs> but now I'm Stephanie Su. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also important to note that Sujin is a common name. Mm-hmm. So like when you watch it right at the moment, you're not like putting two and two together. You're like. Yeah, okay, makes sense, Jessica, you know? Like, makes sense, Karen. It's like a common name. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's video. Let me know in the comments. And make sure to check out HelloFresh. Use code 12BAM to get 12 free meals plus free shipping. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.